Hello and welcome to Daily Interlake News Now. I'm your host, Taylor Inman. We're taking a look at some of this week's biggest headlines and what's coming up for the Flathead Valley. In this week's deep dive interview, I chat with Jennifer Krong from the Kalispell Chamber and Kathy Allard from Flathead Valley Community College about our upcoming job fair. But first, here's some headlines. Flathead County will purchase 36.9 acres in the Lower Valley with the intention of developing a regional septage treatment facility on the site. County commissioners in March rejected the property on Wiley Dyke Road, but on Thursday unanimously approved the purchase at $1.5 million. The county estimates that the plan could be functional by the end of 2025. Commissioner Pam Holmquist was the only commissioner who voted in favor of the purchase in the spring. She said at the meeting that the plan is direly needed and it was time to move forward. More than a dozen sites were examined in the process of seeking a location for the facility before and after the commissioner's last vote, according to the county. County Administrator Pete Melnick said the Wiley Dyke Road property met the county's criteria for price, acreage required, and ability to connect to a sewer and water district. Commissioner Brad Abel said the facility would be constructed with the highest technology. He said it will protect the groundwater of our aquifer and our county. The county has set aside about $15 million for the plan from the American Rescue Plan Act funding and the State Department of Natural Resources and Conservation. Of that, about $7 million must be expended by December 2025. Neighbors of the property have been adamantly opposed to the facility's location on Wiley Dyke Road, while environmental and health officials say the facility would address a major concern regarding septic pollution from septic tanks in the Flathead Basin. Jennifer Tipton said the location of the facility in a rural area next to homes doesn't make sense, saying, quote, This will concentrate the entire county's waste around my family and neighbors and near Flathead Lake. End quote. Former Flathead County Health Officer Joe Russell spoke in favor of constructing the facility, saying the county has been working on the issue for 20 years. Increasing development combined with a decrease in property available for land application for septic tank pumping has created a major issue the county needs to address, he noted. According to county figures, on any given day, up to 40,000 gallons of septic waste needs to be pumped from septic tanks and treated, and to address the issue, the county has been considering construction of a regional septage treatment and biosolids composting facility. As part of that treatment process, the county needs to discharge treated septage to a sewer plant. Commissioners on Thursday also approved an interlocal agreement with the Lakeside Water and Sewer District, which plans to accept the septage once once it has been treated to residential strength. The county agreed to pay Lakeside $1.8 million as a connection fee and would also pay by volume to discharge into the system. Commissioner Randy Brodell voted against the agreement, which would require the county to pay a part of connection fee upon closing the property purchase. He voiced discomfort with the contract because Lakeside hasn't yet obtained approval from the Montana Department of Environmental Quality in the form of a permit. Lakeside has agreed to accept 20,000 gallons on average when the plant starts. Approval of the permit is estimated to be granted by the end of the year, and expansion of capacity is expected to be completed by January 2027. Septage from the county is currently disposed of through land application, which includes injecting untreated septage into the soil. The new facility would receive untreated septage delivered by truck, treating it before piping it into a sewer district facility. The leftover biosolids will be converted into compost. Middle and high school-age students interested in participating in the Flathead Valley Youth Symphony are asked to apply and submit an audition by September 23rd. Audition materials are available online at northvalleymusicschool.org. Rehearsals will be held from 7 to 9 p.m. on Mondays starting October 3rd at Flathead High School in Kalispell. 
The Flathead Valley Youth Symphony will be led by Flathead High School Orchestra Director Eric holt Husen. A symphony orchestra is made up of string, woodwind, brass, and percussion instruments and is typically large in size. As the name implies, musicians play symphonic works, which are usually longer, complex pieces. holt Husen recommended students interested in joining have prior experience playing their respective instruments, such as through lessons or in school. Holthusen, who grew up taking music lessons at North Valley Music School and playing instruments at the middle school level through college, said he wanted to start the program because he saw the opportunities for talented youth to rehearse and perform with their peers in a symphonic orchestra setting were lacking in the Valley. The Flathead Valley Youth Symphony will meet for two 12-week semesters. Each semester will culminate with a concert. Tuition is $75 per semester, and students need to provide their own instruments. Scholarships are available. Once established, Holthusen hopes to build the Youth Symphony program by adding performances and bringing in guest conductors. Signage and displays marking Band Books Week will be missing from Imagine If Libraries this year after the Library System's Board of Trustees advised staff against celebrating it. Band Books Week's aims to raise awareness about the freedom to read and previous attempts at censorship by highlighting books that have been removed or banned from libraries and schools. The campaign is promoted by the American Library Association. Board Chair David Ingram said trustees have distanced themselves from the American Library Association since voting to leave it in December 2021. The Montana State Library broke away from the association this summer, citing similar reasoning that the group allegedly promotes Marxist politics. Ingram said his sense was that the board was not excited about celebrating the observance and would rather focus on issues like freedom to read and literacy. Trustee Doug Adams said that the American Library Association's influence on banned books weeks aside, he believes the celebration is too divisive. When asked about how the board came to the conclusion to forgo Banned Books Week's festivities, Ingram said he based his decision on observations of how other trustees feel about it in the American Library Association. Book challenges, or the formal process of removing a book from the library, have come up multiple times in recent years at ImagineF. Board Vice Chair Carmen Cuthbertson submitted gender identity memoir Gender Queer by Maya Kawabe to be challenged in 2021 before she was later appointed to the board in 2022. In September 2022, trustees responded to a book challenge for Not My Idea, a book about whiteness by Anastasia Higginbotham by creating a parent resource section. Parenting books and other children's books dealing with difficult topics such as grief and divorce are now shelved in the same section. There is no age limit and children do not need a parent present in order to check out a book from the parent resources section. Imagine if director Ashley Cummins said she's always celebrated Banned Books Week, but with recent challenges at the library, it brings back difficult feelings for many. She said they are trying to move forward, adding that their day-to-day work at Imagine If shows that they are against censorship and support patrons' right to read. The Fall Northwest Montana Job and Opportunity Fair is coming up soon, and Jennifer Cronk with Kalispell Chamber of Commerce and Job Service Kalispell and Kathy Allard with the Flathead Valley Community College are going to tell us a little bit more about it. All right, so I am here with Jennifer Cronk from the Kalispell Chamber and Workforce Flathead and Kathy Allard from the Flathead Valley Community College. We are here today talking about the Fall Northwest Montana Job and Opportunity Fair, uh, which is taking place on September 26th at the Flathead Valley Fairgrounds Trade Center. Uh, from 2 to 7 p.m. Thanks for joining me, you guys. Thank Thank you you for having us. Yeah. Um, So just to start us off, can you tell me what the purpose of the job fair is? Why don't you start with that, Jen? Sure. Well, the job fair is really a great way for employers to meet with prospective job seekers and for prospective job seekers to very casually, low, low barrier to engagement way to just come and see who's hiring, 
talk to people face-to-face about the type of jobs that they have and schedules and make those connections in person. Yeah, and I think it's great, too. You can go if you're looking for jobs now or if you're exploring for later. Maybe you're looking for someone else. Maybe you're just trying to see what's out there in the valley. So it can be kind of fun to see what's out there. Um, So how many employers attend the job fair on average? We have, and it varies uh, between the spring and the fall. But generally in the fall, I would say anywhere from 60 to 70 plus uh, employers. So definitely a, a great variety of different types of businesses in all different sectors. I appreciate that too, just walking around talking to different employers getting their sense of what they're seeing is happening in the valley what they see is going to evolve with their business so it, it's really a fun event and I, I just have to throw in that there's food trucks oh, yes nice. there are. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan for both of you guys in your respective positions it's probably really beneficial to you know like you were saying poll people at the job fair can you tell me about how that kind of like helps you guys in your respective positions because you both do job service stuff correct Well, I I work in career services, and I work with students who are exploring, who are graduating, who are looking for internships, so it's really helpful for me to be able to walk around so I can share up-to-date information with students, faculty, staff, that sort of thing. Uh, Plus, it's just nice to be able to prepare students for the types of things that we have in the Valley, and, and it's growing, and it's expanding, and it's different each year. Yeah. And I think for the employers and talking with them, it's really you get a nice real-time feedback on the types of conversations they're having, the questions that they're getting from the people coming up to them, uh, what kind of maybe other opportunities might be out there or things that they may need as employers Mm -hmm. in connecting with job seekers. So it really is... I think, all around uh, a great event that benefits both the job seekers and the businesses. So 7 p.m. is later than last year's uh, fall job fair. What are the benefits of a later time? Well, uh, going until 7 o'clock, we can get some of those folks who are already working. Maybe they're looking for part-time work. They're looking uh, to see what's out there. So we'll, we'll get some additional people that maybe can't go when you stop at 5 or even 5.30. And I think you can also, um, you know, attract if you have students, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they're high school students, which we have seen at every job fair, as soon as school is out, they are making a beeline for the job fair to maybe look for part-time jobs. Uh, So this gives a little more time for them, especially if they maybe have a sports practice after school or an activity, but uh, college students. And it also provides an opportunity for people who, um, you know, if they're looking for either a different opportunity or maybe an additional job of some sort, if they're working any kind of non-standard schedule, maybe gives a little bit more time for them to make those connections. And also for anybody who might be at home uh, caregiving in some capacity and needs that other person to be home uh, if they have another person in their household so that they have the opportunity to come to, to the fair. So it really um, just helps broaden the audience and uh, ability for people to to attend. Oh, yeah, that's such a good point about the caregivers. I would have never thought about that. That's great. Um, So how much goes into promoting the job fair? A lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the four different planning partners, we all promote it through our 
you know, through our channels. Um, maybe, Jen, you want to talk about some of the ways the Chamber gets it out there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Chamber, we promote it within our email communications. Uh, we have all of the participating employers listed on the Workforce Flathead site, which we update every week as employers are signing up. Um, within all of our communications, we're able to get that message out. And again, all of our partners are doing that too, whether it's via email, social media, um, in person. Mm-hmm. So and that's just one aspect. And of- we've had classes of students before come with their faculty members from the college to check it out. And some of our students might be very comfortable talking to employers. And for some, this might be their very first interaction And so uh, we really appreciated, like for the spring job fair, for example, it had a real focus on career exploration. Um, The employers were great with talking with students who were maybe not quite as confident or not completely ready or unsure. So we really appreciate the mentoring aspect of our job fairs. Yeah, um, you know, our region is so big. Um, I can imagine it's important. I know like the, the Daily Interlake as a partner, we advertise in uh, the Lake County Leader down in Polson, uh, the Western News out in Libby, um, and other print publications, including radio. Um, I know there's a lot of radio ads, uh, so it's important to get the word out for all over the region. Absolutely. Uh, the Daily Interlake does a fantastic job in all of your regional print publications uh, throughout the valley and the adjacent counties, as well as all of the online, the thousands and thousands of digital impressions uh, that are also created on your um, on on your website. So, in addition to those, we also uh, purchase radio ads. So, we have ads at, on the major radio stations here in the valley that are in the about two weeks leading up to the job fair. And then we also, uh, as a group, place some additional ads in some other print publications too. So, we really are trying uh, every possible avenue and way to connect um, with, uh, of course, the employers during the the sign-up for the opportunity, uh, but also especially those job seekers to reach people wherever they are, whether it's online, in print, um, or radio or word of mouth. And, of course, our focus is more for students, so we try to get the word out to them both before, during, and after. Hey, these were the employers that were there. It's not too late to connect with them. So as much as we can get those opportunities through that probably the two weeks before and then during and a couple weeks after. Yeah. Uh, do you see a lot of uh, participation from students at job fairs? Like, are you able to get a lot out there? You know, for the spring job fair, we had a good turnout. And like I mentioned, we have some faculty members, too, who encourage their classes to come and might come with them. And it might be a component even of uh, a particular class. There's also students who are just trying to explore what they're interested in. And so we'll see students coming for that as well. Yeah, it's really fun. It's nice to see them out. Yeah. I see that there's a focus on veterans at the job fair. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, you know, it, the fall with Veterans Day, it's a great tie-in um, to really help provide another avenue for veterans to connect with local services. And if they also happen to be looking for a job, it's really going to be a great way for it to be a little bit of a one-stop uh, you know, event for them to meet with different services, connect with them, and talk to employers as well. And the nice thing, too, employers know there's that focus as well. So if they have opportunities for veterans, um, they can be right up front with that and have materials out and be ready for those conversations. Yeah. 
I know a lot of businesses up here really value veterans, so I bet that they appreciate that opportunity. Okay, so I saw that employers are eligible to win prizes for tickets to Blacktail Ski Resort at the job fair. How do they do that? That sounds great. Well, do you, do you want to talk more about that? I just know I love this one because Blacktail is sharing these opportunities. And last year, I think we did this for the fall fair. Was it fall or spring? Fall. Regardless, it uh, went over really well. Yeah, there's a, there are several components to that for the employers. Um, you know, one of them is really we encourage the employers to stay all the way till the end. We, we know from every job fair, um, people are coming in to the job fair all the, almost all the way up until the very, very end and having mm-hmm. those conversations all the way up until close. So first and foremost, uh, plan to be there till the end. And then also, there's a couple other ways uh, that they can, they can Having do Having a really creative booth. Last year, there was one that brought in, like, this <laughs> very large tree. I think it was a restaurant from Whitefish, and it was so much fun. Um, and everybody noticed it. And I remember McDonald's had a super colorful one and had fun giveaways. I thought the colleges was pretty good, too, because they had, like, surgical technology instruments and other things that individuals could come and touch and and have that conversation with people. So as much as it can be like hands-on and um, engaging conversation, employers even coming around from the back of their booth to the front to be ready to talk with people, it makes such a difference in that uh, relationship. Engaging and and interactive, and I think that goes to what Kathy was saying as well, is having something that helps draw people in, and if you're able to have a representation or an example of what it is your business does that people can touch and see and feel or just in some way to engage. Um, it helps, you know, break the ice a little bit as folks are walking past or maybe helps catch their eye. And if any employers would have questions on that, all of our contact information is in the promotional material and the sign-up. We're always happy to brainstorm ideas. Because not everybody has a tangible product they can set on a table, but right. they can certainly be engaging with their demeanor. Uh, I'm always a fan of dark chocolate, too, but you know, <laughs> no pressure there. Um, yeah, that's super fun. Can you can you guys tell me about some of the best decorated booths that you've had in the past? Hmm. Well, the one I just mentioned with the tree, with the tree I thought was yeah. pretty great, but do you have any that come to, to mind immediately? I think it, it's... Not necessarily any one specific one, but anybody that has had, um, again, that interaction, whether it is Mm -hmm. even just a prize wheel that, you know, is a game of some sort, you know, gamifying it a little bit, or um, whether it's a beanbag toss, or Mm -hmm. they've had, um, you know, I think as Kathy mentioned, we've had some that are in the medical field have had some form of dissection of something there uh, was a very intriguing element. Uh, and if you're a restaurant, certainly having maybe some, you know, little treats or something like on a sterno that's, you know, a hot uh, dish that shows what you do. It's, it's all of those, those booths that um, and employers, again, have had that element of engagement and interactivity um, mm-hmm. in general. And even simple things like bringing a tablecloth Mm-hmm. is nice just to, to make it look a little bit nicer or um, having a smile on your face as opposed to, you know, so often I 
including myself, we might be on our phones during those breaks and, and looking down. But, you know, putting those down and looking up with a, a smile and kind of inviting people over. And I think that we see employers doing a good job with that. Mm-hmm. So they do. Yeah. I mean, I bet it's really fun to decorate the table and do all that. But, I mean, as someone who's looking for a job, I bet it's, you know, it's like, oh, these people look fun. Yeah, you they know, made that contact with me. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that, that's half of it, I think. Um, especially if someone's feeling a little bit nervous as a job seeker or someone who is exploring careers. Sometimes that's a little bit nerve-wracking, so it's nice when employers can break that ice, Mm -hmm. which actually reminds me, there was an employer, I think it was last spring, who, I think it was a local ice company, and they filled one of their bags with, like, pretend ice, and they threw it at me, and I was like, ah, (laughs) but we certainly had a fun conversation afterward, and it, you know, I thought that was just super fun and different, and nobody else did that, Um, and they didn't. Um, have to probably put a lot of time into that. So I guess that's one thing I'm thinking for employers too. Like life can get really busy and they may not have time to put together a ton of really magical things, but yeah. even just a couple of things can make a difference. Yeah. And that's, Oh, sorry. And, and certainly some employers um, have elected to have the option to bring a vehicle. And that's mm-hmm. something that they can do upon registering for the job fair as an exhibitor. Uh, if they have, you know, a, a really great interactive um, vehicle that they'd like to bring, that certainly uh, also has been something that adds that element of engagement. And that's something that can be coordinated with us in advance with sign up uh, through Sunny Carlin here at the Daily Inner Lake. I just think it's a nice opportunity for people to get to know what's out there in our valley. Our valley is growing, we know, and it's changing and evolving, and there are opportunities out there whether you're firmly looking now, you're exploring now. So, and there are food trucks. Did I mention that already? Yeah, <laughs> yeah can't, but it's important to mention again. <laughs> and I think it's also important to mention, too, that the event is free for job seekers to mm-hmm. attend. And no matter what your age as a job seeker, um, if you're looking for a job, the job fair is a fantastic place to be. And again, it's it's free. It's easy to just walk around, take a look at what's out there, and again, have those engaging conversations um, and and see where that that can lead. All right. The job fair is hosted by the Kalispell Chamber of Commerce, the Flathead Valley Community College, Job Service Kalispell, and the Daily Inner Lake. You can stop by on September 26th at the Flathead Valley Fairgrounds Trade Center. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you. I'll see you there. Thank you. There's still time for businesses to sign up to participate in the job fair. For more information, contact Jen at j.cronk at kalispellchamber.com or by calling 406-758-2801. Let's take a look at what events are coming up. Remember, you can find karaoke nights, art classes, live music, and anything community-related by going to dailyinterlake.com slash events. And for business owners or event organizers out there, it is totally free to sign up and start posting your events for the entire region to see. The 2023 Parkline Run and Brew Fest takes place tomorrow. Runners have a choice between a 5K, 10K, or a half marathon that goes from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the Parkline Trail, starting at First Avenue West North. Everyone is invited to the After Party Brew Fest at Depot Park from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Same-day in-person registration starts at 8.30 a.m., and participants can run, walk, or jog. Volunteers are needed, and we'll get into Brewfest for free. Those who are interested can register at signupgenius.com to volunteer. 
The Friends of Imagine If Libraries are holding their annual book sale at Kalispell Center Mall this weekend. All proceeds from the sale support library programs at Imagine If. The sale features thousands of donated books and media. On Friday and Saturday, books are $1.50 per inch, and DVDs and CDs are $1 each. And on Sunday only, books are $5 a bag. And head down to Hay Moon Ranch in Whitefish tomorrow for the fourth annual Golden Stock, a benefit for Montana Precious Gold, a local golden retriever rescue. The day will include educational demonstrations, the Golden Olympics, vendors, and more. The event begins at 10 a.m. Thanks for joining us. News Now is a podcast from the Daily Interlake. We're proud to be the largest independent newsroom in Montana and the oldest paper in the Valley. Consider becoming a subscriber to support our work. Call Circulation at 406-755-7018 or go to the subscribe tab in the top right corner of our website. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel to never miss an episode of the pod. Everybody stay safe and have a great week.